Hello and welcome to the CircuitPython Weekly for December 3rd, uh, 2018. Uh, my name is Scott. I go by Tan Newt online and I work on CircuitPython for Adafruit for full time. Uh, this is our weekly meeting where we get together and talk about all things CircuitPython, whether you're working on a cool hobby project or whether you're paid by Adafruit to uh, work on CircuitPython or paid by someone else to work on CircuitPython. We're uh, happy to hear about it in, in this meeting. Uh, this meeting happens at 11 a.m. Pacific, uh, unless we run over on our previous meeting, and then it's a little bit later. Um, it happens 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on our Discord channel. With, uh, to join our Discord, you can go to adafru.it slash Discord. We're in the text chat all week, and we're in the voice chat during the meeting here. Um, and uh, as I said, everybody's welcome to join. Uh, we do have some folks who are just lurking, who want to just listen into the meeting as it happens live. Uh, so you're welcome to start there, but we'd love participation uh, completely as well. Um, the general form of the meeting is... Um, actually, can somebody grab the stats? I forgot to grab the stats for stuff. Um, our state of circuit Python section is blank. Um, uh, yeah. That's in the, it should be in the S3 bucket. Um, <laughs> I'm not used to it being automated, so I... Like, it's... The stats are grabbed. I just forgot to grab them off the off the page. Um, I actually don't know where that is. It's in the same uh, bucket. I, okay. I I can grab it too. It's where the all of the builds are. Um, so uh, <laughs> the first section of this meeting uh, after the intro is called State of Circuit Python, where we go over uh, statistics about the health of the Circuit Python project as a whole. Um, we have a thing called Adabot that we run every, every night now, uh, that comes up with those statistics for us. And I forgot to grab them. Um, here we go. So that's the first thing we do. We'll follow that up with a section we call hug reports, uh, which is, uh, chance for everybody to say thank you to other folks in the community for the work that they've done uh in the past week or since you've had a chance to say thank you to them um we do that in a round robin so i will start and then we'll circle back and go to brennan and down the list of the folks in the voice chat um and again if you're lurking or if you're text only just let us know and we'll work with that um after that we do a section called status updates which is a brief you know couple minutes about what you what you've been both doing in the past week and what you plan on doing in the in the coming week uh, if there's any longer form talk topics that come up, uh, we save those for the last section, which is called In the Weeds, where we have longer form discussion topics and general, general like question and answer stuff there as well. Uh, so if you have more general things and you don't know where it goes, uh, what you do is you put it into the CircuitPython text channel. We'll grab that and put that in our notes for the In the Weeds, and then we'll cover it when we get to that last section, the In the, in the Weeds section. Um, for those of you in the voice chat uh, and in the text chat, but you can't hear me, uh, be aware that this is recorded. So I am recording the voice output from Discord, and I'm also recording the text that happens in the CircuitPython channel as we meet up. Um, and that gets posted both to DiodeZone, which is a PeerTube instance run by ScanLime, and it gets posted to the Adafruit YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Adafruit. Uh, with those recordings, we also post notes. So if you ever do want, you miss a meeting, but you don't want to listen to the whole hour-ish long uh, meeting, you can always check our notes and there's time codes in there as well. Whew. Okay, so uh, 
without further ado, let's go on. I'll take a time code and we'll talk about the state of CircuitPython and its libraries. Um, overall, uh, as I said earlier, these numbers are pulled automatically by our Adabot friend every night um, and they span the last week. So it does fluctuate a little bit and there's chances that things get missed depending on uh, what that week boundary is. But uh, the goal is to have a general feeling for uh, the statistics side of the project. So um, uh, in the last week uh, between both the core CircuitPython and the libraries, we've had 21 pull requests merged uh, from 10 dif different authors. Uh, some new authors that I recognize are, or that I recognize as new are Arthur Dent 62 and Robert H. H. Uh, thank you both for coming in and being new. Um, Deshipu, you are making noise. Um, you might want to mute. Uh, and then we had six reviewers. So uh, thank you to all our six reviewers. And I, I don't actually recognize J. Edgar Park as a reviewer. So congrats to John for a review as well. Um, Issues-wise, amongst all our repos, we had tw 20 closed issues by eight people, which is more than uh, normal. Uh, no worries, Deshipu. And then we had six opened by six people. So uh, I think in large part, thanks to Katni uh, for doing a, a pass over all the issues, uh, we're at 20, which is awesome. Um, so that's kind of overall. And then I also cover the core, and then I'll hand it off to Katni for the, the library details. Um, so this is just for the CircuitPython core itself. Uh, we had three pull requests merged uh, from <laughs> one author, myself, and Dan, one reviewer. Uh, so thanks, Dan, for reviewing my PRs. Uh, that is definitely out of date, so there's some new stuff that landed today, not from me. Um, we have nine open pull requests. Uh, if you want to know what those nine are, check the notes. They're in there. Um, Issues-wise, we had five closed issues by four people and two open by two people, so we are down a little bit as well. Not nearly as much as the libraries, though. Uh, and that leaves us at 91 open issues, which, again, I don't think that number is right, and we need to look at that. Um, I forgot about that. Um, Downloads-wise, for uh, 4.0 Alpha 3, which is our latest unstable release, uh, we've had 300 even total downloads. Uh, there's a breakdown by board, and there's a breakdown by language as well. Uh, check that out. It is interesting. I'm looking... The MKR1300 Arduino has 27 downloads, where, and the Circuit Playground Express has 39. Uh, so it's pretty interesting to see that up in, in kind of the top end of the board downloads. And then we also have languages, and check that out. Our latest stable release is 311, and we've had 4,008 downloads there. Um, and again, you can check language breakdown and board breakdown uh, in the notes as well. So let's go to Catney for libraries. Thanks. So we had 18 pull requests merged, which is amazing. Um, nine authors, and you already called out the the new ones: Arthur Dent 62, Robert H H. Um, our our new submitters, thank you so much for uh, contributing. We had six reviewers, and uh, one of them was was JP. Yeah, John Park. So thanks for uh, getting into reviewing. Um, we currently have 10 open pull requests. Uh, take a look at those in case you want to um, do any reviews. I know a lot of them are um, more long-term pull requests where people contribute or people put in a pull request early for uh, review purposes. 
um, and it's not ready to be merged, but there's definitely a couple things that could be commented on if anybody wants to take a look at those. Um, and when it comes to issues, we had 15 issues closed by seven people and four opened by four people. And we currently sit at 53 open issues, which I believe is something like 18 less than we had last week. Oof. So that's excellent. Um, take a look at these issues. Some of them are um, excellent uh, first time issues. Uh, you can take a look at the uh, the CircuitPython um, repo has a library tracking issue, which I've just posted in the chat and is also contained in the notes and has links to all of these issues. And some of them are great uh, for a first time contributor. Um, something super simple, just need to add, you know, a word here or some sort of punctuation there. Um, some of them even have the, uh, the fix in the description of the issue. Um, so if you're interested in contributing, take a look at those. Um, as for the rest, uh, in the notes, we have all of the, um, the, the statuses of all of the libraries. Um, that's also contained in the tracking issue. Um, so if you're interested in that, take a look at either of those locations and it'll give you some idea of where we're sitting with um, the libraries overall. And that's what I've got. Awesome. Thank you, Katni, and great work on all of the library stuff. I really Thank appreciate you. your work. Uh, speaking of appreciation, that's a perfect segue. Um, we'll move into Hug Reports, which is a chance for everybody to say thank you to other folks for the the work that they've been doing. Um, we inherited this from the in, internal Adafruit process where, where at their state of the fruit, they have Hug Reports as well. It's meant to balance out bug reports. Uh, that's It's a play on that. Um, the way this works is we, we do it as a round robin. So I'll start and then we'll go through Brennan and down the list. Um, if you're text only, feel free to type them in early and we'll read them off in order as they go. If you actually are missing a meeting as well, but would like to say what they are, uh, feel free to send those to me uh, or put them in the notes and we'll read them off even when you're not here. Okay, and with that, I'll take a time code for myself and we'll get going. Uh, I had a lot this week. I was doing all of my like lurking and getting through all the email and uh, just lots of really exciting things. Uh, first and foremost, I wanted to shout out to SparkFun and uh, Jim Blom in particular, that's his username, uh, for releasing a board with UF2 and CircuitPython support. If you didn't see it, uh, they released an NRF52840 board that has the UF2 bootloader and uh, some instructions for running CircuitPython. Uh, there's a PR as well for that, which is awesome. Um, second hug report is to Particle. I got their Feather Particle boards, which are also using the NRF52840, and it looked the hardware looks really cool. So um, I'm working on adding UF2 and CircuitPython support for those as well. Um, shout out to Electronic Cats. Uh, they're the folks in Mexico uh, doing some CircuitPython boards. They added the cat. They added a board definition for their Cat WAN board. Uh, which is uh, SAMD21 and Laura Wan, I believe. Uh, so check that out. Um, thanks to Robert HH for the BME680 fix. Uh, really, really nice to see uh, all those little tweaks making everything really, uh, everything better. Um, shout out to Chalai for adding a new language uh, for Baha Bahasa Indonesian language. 
which is really cool. Uh, as you know, in 4X, we added uh, multi-language support. So people are coming along and adding their languages that they speak, which is amazing. Um, Sagittac, who's usually around but not in the voice chat, uh, helped me out with some forum support last night. So thanks for that. Uh, Wade D uh, helped out with uh, correcting RGBW new pixel support on the Raspberry Pi. Uh, that was really helpful as well. Um, two more, uh, Katni for doing last week's meeting. I really appreciate that. And in general, being able to share meeting duties with you is awesome. And thank you. And then lastly, uh, Lady Ada has been doing a lot of work pushing uh, Blinka, which is the CircuitPython compatibility layer on Linux, which is uh, kind of unsung hero work in my mind. So uh, thank you to Lady Ada for that. All right, uh, Brennan. Um, actually, uh, Azure Skies wanted to wanted to say a thank you. Okay, uh, Azure Skies, go ahead. Hey, is that working? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, I just wanted to say thank you, Scott, and also Dan, for the help you were doing with me this morning. I'm still done, but it's appreciated for everything you guys help with. And just all right. Well, I think you were breaking up a little bit, but I I heard uh, thank you for Dan and I for the for the helping you this morning. I believe so. Happy to have you here, Azurshaz, for sure. And they're typing. Dang, network is being wonky, but yes, that's what I said. Okay, perfect. All right, uh, Brennan, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so um, let's see. First of all, one to Lady Ada for, um, had a little pull request in for using libgpiod on the Pi. Um, turns out that's not really going to work because libgpiod does not support um, like setting pull-ups on the Pi, but it is going to be usable for some other platforms, I think, and Lady Ada kind of fleshed that out. Um, so I wanted to Carter for uh, reviewing the TLC 5949 stuff, 5947 stuff that Arthur Dead 62 came up with for chaining multiple boards, mm -hmm. and uh, one to Jim Lindblom for the uh, SparkFun and RF 52840 stuff and the docs for that. Awesome. All right, Carter. All right, back on mic this week. If nice. you can hear me. Yep, I can. Sweet. Good. I even took notes this week, so I got a bunch here. <laughs> Let's awesome. See. Start off with one to uh, Katni for setting me up with the TMP006 little sensor. That was a new lib we threw together real quick and got out there and all. I got it PR'd in, so that got taken care of real quick, which was nice. Um, a big one to K-Town for coming on on providing some good info on an RGB sensor issue that's kind of come up. It's something, it's a it's a weird section of code I came across that was doing something weird, and I created an issue some months ago and just kind of like let it sit there. And a second issue's kind of cropped up that is kind of co-related to that same section of code, and it kind of brought this conversation back into being, and he had a lot of good info, and we are going to basically just revamp that whole sensor. I can't remember off the top of my head which sensor it is, but it's an RGB sensor. It has to do with doing color space on that. Right, right. Um, another big one to, man, Scott both, and Katni, both of you, for doing those live streams. Those, oh, yeah. those were awesome. <laughs> big, I, I watched them, and I think those are just, it's just 
amazing how helpful it is to see someone live do stuff. There's all kinds of little subtleties that happen when that occurs that give people warm fuzzies that mm-hmm. you know, they're doing stuff correctly. And there's not like super magic that happens in developer land and stuff like that. So I think those are really great. Awesome. Um, and another big one to Jerry N for helping out with a weird edge case on Raspberry Pi and mixed mode spy devices. He uh, put up some awesome traces and some good info in an issue thread on that. And mm-hmm. that was, uh, there's no solution to that. And another one to Lady Ada, she helped out on that too, basically to verify that, yeah, it doesn't look like there's an easy solution for what's going on there. So that's something that just kind of broke. And there it is. And that's it. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Carter. And I'm glad you uh, didn't mind me uh, doing an issue that you were pegged for. I appreciated that. Um, all right. C. Grover. You text only today. Wonky audio, so we'll type today. A general group hug to the entire team and community. A special hug to Lady Ada for her early guide work. Still relevant. Awesome. All right. Uh, Charles. Charles, did you hear me? Your mic was working earlier. All right, I guess we'll come back to Charles when he's back. Uh, Dan- oh. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, go ahead, Charles. Okay, uh, I'll report to Dan H. He managed to point me to a, uh, a forum entry that helped me with my MIDI on Raspberry Pi. It's I implemented a temporary fix so that uh, so that I can go on with my uh, Ocarina project and it works works okay but I sure wish wish the guys over at Raspberry Pi would fix that problem hmm. it may be that yeah it's hard to do uh, do uh, odd uh, bod rates odd bod rates without manipulating the clock right so I put a temporary minute. Uh, I I created a special setup where I manipulated the clock, clock mm. as instructed, and it works. It works perfectly. Nice. Except I'm using thirty eight thirty eight hundred instead of uh, thirty one two fifty. Right. So that that's that's I appreciate very much that info. Great. And the group hugged everybody out. Awesome. Well, thank you, Charles. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to you from 30th Street Station. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Mobile, mobile join. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you made yes. it. Yes, I did. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll go on to Dan. Hi, I'll just echo, I think, like... Uh, Several other people. Uh, thanks to Jim Lindblom from Spark Fun, who's working on who supported Circuit Python to their 52A40 board, like everybody else mentioned. And then I just want to give like a kind of a a long-term hug to Dean, who has uh, moved on from Adafruit to work for a really neat electronic uh, music stuff company in um, California, but. While he was at Adafruit, he worked on the SAMD51 ports, he worked on Seesaw, he worked on Cricket, he worked on the Neo Trellis board and a lot of other stuff, a lot of other boards. 
and worked closely with us on a bunch of CircuitPython stuff. So thanks a lot to Dean over the past for the past couple of years. Here, here. I'm excited to see what music stuff he does too. All right, uh, Deshipu's lurking, so we'll go to Jerry. Okay, now I'm gonna go find the notes I wrote. Um, yeah, of course, it's a group hug, everybody. A lot, of, a lot of really good support stuff out there this week. It was fun, fun to watch it all. Awesome. And, um, and then, especially again, following up on, on thing, uh, Carter and Lady Ada both for their their patience and help with the understanding that funky art. Raspberry Pi SPI issue. Mm -hmm. All right, great. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, before we go to, oh wait, I guess we'll do Katni and then we'll slot Lady Ada in alphabetically. Uh, so go ahead, Katni. Um, so I wanted to say thanks to Brennan for testing <clears throat> Raspberry Pi stuff for me. I'm working on a guide, and the code should be the same for both Raspberry Pi and the Feather, but. Um, as we have found previously, it's always best to test it first. So <laughs> thank you for testing that. Um, hug to everybody who's been providing support on Discord. It's greatly appreciated. Um, mm -hmm. And to everyone who's doing reviews on PRs, thank you so much. Uh, it's a great way to contribute, and we really appreciate it. It's it's important to get multiple views on everything. That's the whole point of uh, open source. Mm -hmm. And um, you guys are really making it happen. So thank you to everybody who's doing that. And I want to say or give a hug report to Dakota Redstone uh, for suggesting the live streams that we did for the um, GitHub reviewing and for putting in the effort to learn how to do GitHub reviews. Thank you so much. Um, I know you were struggling a little bit with that. And so I think it's really great that you are taking the time. And I'm really glad that we were able to provide you with that learning experience. Awesome. All right, thank you, Katni. And uh, before we go to Sean, I'll just read off Lady Ada's here. Um, Lady Ada said in the chat a little bit earlier, uh, make our hug report to Summersoft for the Adabot updates. They're so helpful. And uh, thank you to Carter for picking up so many small issues and fixes. Um, so that is Lady Ada's update. Uh, let's go to Sean. Welcome, Sean. Hi, yeah, first time here. So. Um... First time caller. Um, yeah, first time caller, long time listener. Exactly. <laughs> uh, first of all, thank, many thanks to Lady Ada for helping uh, deal with some USB issues on a UF2 port over to the uh, MKR0. Um, and then also thank you to Scott Yu as well for helping me troubleshoot some of these um, SD spy issues mm -hmm. as I'm trying to uh, figure out how to port some of the CircuitPython stuff. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sean, and welcome again. Uh, let's go to Summersoft. I think I'll just read the doc after I take the time code. Uh, Summersoft says, uh, hug report to Katni, Carter, Tannut, and Lady Ada for the various reviews and merges. Uh, thank you to Sagittack, Jerry N, Dan H, Carter, and some I've probably missed for Discord and forum support. Uh, everyone continuing translation work, such an awesome thing to see. Uh, totally. Totally agree with that. And then the the last thing on Summersoft's list is uh, the groupiest of group hugs. Um, <laughs> and uh, lastly, we have Soundmaster AJ, who said uh, earlier, a uh, general group hug to everybody on the project. All right. Um, and with that, we are done with hug reports. Um, <laughs> Azure Skies, that he uh, thinks he's getting a bunch of hug reports because his name is also Scott. So... Uh, yeah, you can take that. You're you're doing great too. Um, all right, status updates. 
2348. Um, status updates, we run it very similarly to the way we just did hug reports, except we want to take a little bit of time to talk about uh, what we were doing in the last week and what we plan on doing in the coming week. It's a great way for just everybody to know what other folks are doing. Uh, and that includes just projects you're making with CircuitPython. We want to hear about all of it. Um, and so I will start, uh, as always, and giving an example. <laughs> um, all right, let me take a time code. Okay, so uh, I worked a lot last week, uh, turned out, and uh, I debugged an issue with the QSpy flash on the upcoming Feather NRF52840. We were using the wrong uh, command to write to the flash, so we figured that out. Um, I added auto-update uh, release files for the upcoming CircuitPython website. Uh, we'll probably do it as circuitpython.org, but we haven't fully finalized what that'll be. The general idea is to have a big layout of, like, here's all the boards that CircuitPython supports, and click the board that you want, and then you'll be able to get all the related downloads. Um, rather than having to troll through, like, a 200-long list on GitHub, that's, that's our goal. Um, so I worked on that. Uh, while I was at it, I fixed up the NRF builds because Nordic moved how you download their files. Um, I redid the Adafruit build bins file in Python at the same time Dan did, but uh, got that checked in as well. Uh, heads up, I'll be renaming that uh, as well because I it builds more than just Adafruit bins. Um, so I'm going to rename that with some changes I'm making to it uh, subsequently. I polished up and merged the mini SAM board support. Uh, I should shout out to BW Shockley for first designing this really cool looking board um, that is shaped like a spaceman um, and it runs CircuitPython. Got, he got uh, it all uh, changed up, but then I changed a bunch of stuff out from under him. So I went and polished it up and got that merged in. I uh, responded to Dan on the Grand Central PR I made and got that merged as well. So lots of new boards this week is the theme. Um, I fixed the commit build versions, so they include the last tag. Uh, basically, there was an issue where there's a library that tries to determine its behavior based on the version number of CircuitPython, and it was wrong for a build that was pulled off AWS. So uh, hopefully I fixed that as well. Um, I did the live reviewing stream thanks to Dakota, just like Katni did. Uh, I'll post that video today. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, today is video posting day. Uh, I added, uh, I'm adding uh, particle board support to CircuitPython. That's the th the three feathers that are all NRF52840s. Uh, I tried a few things to speed up the Atmel builds as well. So hopefully our Travis times will drop a little bit. Um, I also got sidetracked into the NRF uh, UF2 bootloader. I want to get the LED blinks uh, to be the same as the SAMD UF2, UF2 bootloader. Um, and we're, it looks like manufacturing is going to be in about a week for our NRF52 board, so the timing's really good on that. Um, a couple uh, kind of call-outs for if people want to help. Um, as Dan mentioned earlier, Dean has left Adafruit uh, for his own guitar and synth adventures, which is super awesome. He was working on uh, modifying the mixer stuff in CircuitPython. So if you're an audio person and want to help uh, finish that up, there's a link in the notes. Uh, it's pull request uh, 1365 on CircuitPython. Um, so any help with that would be greatly appreciated. Uh, I'll get to it eventually, but if somebody else wants to do that sooner, that would be amazing. 
And uh, lastly, there's a learn guide that needs some a little bit of help. Somebody we had a learn in the learn guide. We had a screenshot of GitHub, and they didn't realize it was a screenshot. They were like, "I thought this says three one one is only eleven days old." So uh, we just need some clarifying language there uh, to just be like, "Hey, this is a screenshot. This is about what it looks like." Um, awesome. And Adafruit uh, Phil is dropping in status updates as well. Uh, before we loop around, let me just do, I'll do uh, Lady Ada and Adafruit at the same time, because Lady Ada did a couple notes. Uh, she said, uh, Lady Ada is doing a lot of embedded Linux ports for Blinka, so you can run CircuitPython code and drivers on various single board computers. All are welcome to add support for their boards. So uh, if you have a single board computer you love, uh, Add it to Blinka, please. We'd love to see that. And then uh, Adafruit, uh, who's Phil, um, Mr. Mr. Lady Ada, says, uh, awesome circuit, or one up, one update for weekly chat. The awesome circuit Python list was updated. Uh, awesome circuit Python is a curated list of awesome circuit Python guides, videos, libraries, frameworks, software, and resources. Lots of updates. The latest include uh, added the newsletter archive list. So uh, we have Python for Microcontrollers newsletter that goes out every week for the last two years. Uh, and now there's a list so you can go re and read the previous ones if you're not signed up for that. Um, added the latest boards that run CircuitPython from Adafruit, SparkFun, and, and the DigiKey Python section. Added video newsletter podcast playlists. Added the Adafruit Halloween M0 Express and hardware. Added the CircuitPython libraries and code. Added CircuitPython in Microsolutions Digital Magazine. The Amp Power 383 in News. And added CircuitPython Development Workshop in Books. Did we miss anything? Uh, if you know CircuitPython resources, uh, you can make the, the awesome list more awesome by adding to it. And the GitHub URL for that is github.com slash Adafruit slash awesome dash CircuitPython. Um, it's awesome lists are a thing. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, both Lamore and Phil's updates. So Azura, do you want to update or are you lurking at this point? All right, lurking. Okay. Let's go to Brennan. Okay. So, um, last week, a uh, couple of tweaks to Blinka. Um, I think we probably need to do a release here pretty quick, but it's going to install the rpi.gpio library by default, um, okay. which was probably breaking on a ton of different uh, instruction sets that required installing something that depends on Blinka. Um, and added a few lines of code for wrapping libgpio.d for gpio pens. Um, as I mentioned earlier, it, turns out that's not really going to work on the Raspberry Pi since it doesn't support uh, internal pull-ups, but it will work for some other single board computers, mm -hmm. um, hopefully. Uh, also, some character LCD testing. Uh, this week, uh, tested the motor feather wing library this morning. Um, there's one pull request in for the TLC5947 that I need to check on hardware. And then my big project is going to be pulling uh, platform detection stuff out of Blinka and the uh, Adafruit GPIO library into its own kind of standalone thing and mm -hmm. hopefully make it a little um, 
a little more rational, although I think it's always, you know, on some level going to be kind of a collection of dirty hacks. Right. It's and, good to uh, isolate last... them. Quarantine right. those I, dirty hacks. Qu- quarantine the hacks and sort of have a stable interface over the top of them. Yeah, perfect. Um, also, I've got a foot switch uh, input project in CircuitPython that I started ages ago, and I've uh, finally got a desktop computing setup where I'm really using it, so I'm going to hopefully wrap up a tutorial on that this week. Awesome. Thanks, Brennan. All right, let's go to Carter. Um, My notes here are a little sparse. Let's see, the the temp 006 that I mentioned basically just wrote that library, and then SpyFram, I can't remember what that was about. I think the, uh, the PR for that, I reviewed it. And I think we got that. I think we got that merged finally. That was kind of something that was lingering right. for a while. But uh, yeah, I set up the hardware, check it out, and it all looked good. And I think we got it merged. And then I—that's about all I got notes on. But it, I guess all of the other small things that like yeah. Lady Ada mentioned, whatever those were. <laughs> Lots of small things. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, keep up with the small things, Carter. It's very much appreciated. All right. Uh, C Grover, who's text only, I think says um working on pcb designs this past week not so much with circuit python besides shrinking the size of the lunchbox synth daughter board i've been playing around with pcb art and backlighting with smd leds designed for reverse mounting it's more difficult and mysterious than i thought it would be uh next week we'll be focused on two circuit python neo trellis projects and one classic in quotes trellis 2 a music concert instrument and wrapping up some project enclosures. Awesome. Well, thank you, C. Grover. Uh, all right, Charles. Well, I don't have much of a way of updates. I'm still. Uh, I was up until up until recently. I was sort of stuck with the Bob Drake problem, but that's gone. Yep. Uh, thanks again, everybody. That's just, that's it. Awesome. Well, it's good that you're unblocked. All right, uh, Dan. Okay, I'm still working on NRF stuff. Um, I've gotten most of the kind of ancillary classes uh, rewritten, and I'm working on restructuring the device class, which is in BLEIO right now. And uh, as I wrote in the notes, we have these cases where we're talking about objects that are on our ourselves, that is from the board's point of view or our remote. So mm-hmm. a peripheral, a Bluetooth peripheral could be like, the board could be pretending to be a, a Bluetooth peripheral or you could be talking to a Bluetooth peripheral. So we have to come up with a naming scheme. And right. so I was thinking of local and remote and that seems to be the, the way it's talked about in, in mm-hmm. the rest of the world right now. So I'll probably split it up into that way. Um, but that's just continuing that there'll be a PR at some point. Mm -hmm. Uh, then, uh, I remembered that, uh, Lamore asked me to make some changes to busio.ur for compatibility with Pi serial, which is kind of the default, um, serial, uh, port library used on Python. And so. Um, there are some significant changes in there. Most importantly, the timeout, which used to be in milliseconds, is now in mm-hmm. seconds. Mm-hmm. So Jerry already found code that he had to change when he was testing it. 
but that PR is in. And so this these changes will be in 4.0. Mm -hmm. And then we have somebody who's been trying to use the ADC on uh, the SAMD 50 phone boards to use to monitor the ba battery voltage and is having a lot of trouble. And there seem to be problems with the ADC. So I'm going to look at that. But if anybody has some comments about that, that'd be fine. I'd love to hear them like problems that they had as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. All right. This ship is lurking. So we'll go to Jerry. Uh, yeah. So for me, it's been a kind of unfocused week of just, uh, getting sidetracked with way too many toys. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> Not a bad thing, but, <laughs> um, and then, um, again, spent a fair amount of time on this, this Raspberry Pi SPI issue. And as, as, as Carter pointed out, it looks like it's just something people need to be aware of. And uh, it, it did turn up in the forum, so that's what prompted it all. But if you're using an LSM 9DS1, it, it uses the um, um, a different mode for the um, SPI than almost all of the boards do. And the transition back and forth, if you're using it with another SPI device, it gets it doesn't transition nicely. Mm -hmm. um, there are some workarounds, but best thing is to just be aware of it and put that one on I two C if I squared C if you can. Hmm. Um, and then uh, again, playing with the particle I O boards like a lot of other people, there they're lots of fun and uh, looking forward to the Circuit Python port for them. Um, also, uh, also yeah, again the you know the the using Circuit Python on the Raspberry Pi is really really been nice and i've taken a, a much more advantage of it now um putting a lot of a bunch of things on there um especially some stuff that interacts with adafruit io so mm -hmm. i don't have to worry about using a, an esp8266 for the wi-fi to hook up to another board it can all the pi can do all that right so uh it's really been nice and uh just looking forward to doing more of the same next week awesome well thanks for the updates jerry as always all right katney all right, so my updates got a little out of hand. Never. Uh, last week, uh, Library Monday, um, went over all the library stuff, obviously. Uh, over the course of the week, did various support on Discord and the forums. Um, I live streamed the review process for uh, for Dakota Redstone. Um, finished up the I I did a while ago. Um, a NeoPixel toggle demo for the Neo Trellis M4, and uh, was asked to write the, a guide page for it on the Neo Trellis guide um, to show how to actually use the Neo Trellis M4 CircuitPython library in a in a program versus just explaining the features. Mm -hmm. um, I finished up the text on that page, so all the writing bits are done for that. Um, I updated the motor featherwing guide to the current design. Um, same way we're updating everything else. The, the, the code was fine, um, but the page itself needed to be updated to match how we're doing things. And then this weekend, I went through all of the issues on the libraries. Um, I closed a bunch of them, moved a couple. Um, if I pinged you on any of those issues, uh, please take a look when you get a chance. Um, I basically would just with issues that have been sitting for a long time. Um, if it wasn't obviously something that was still a problem, uh, I tried to ping whoever was involved to see where things were at um, and get any kind of if we can get some kind something moving on those um, to get to make that happen. 
Um, so this week, uh, Library Monday, there are definitely libraries that need releases. Um, I merged some stuff over the weekend and did not do releases, so I need to go through and do that. Mm -hmm. um, I already have some responses from last week's issue sweep. So, or, well, it was yesterday, but mm -hmm. um, last week's issue sweep, so I need to take a look at those. Um, update the library tracking issue. Verify everything's in the bundle. Um, once again, if you're looking for a way to get into contributing to the CircuitPython project, please look at the CircuitPython library tracking issue. I linked it earlier. Um, there are some good first-time issues in there, um, which I marked as good first issues, uh, and because I went through the issue sweep, so that's why I'm aware of the fact that that those are there. So if you're looking to get started with anything, take a look at those. Mm -hmm. um, I need to email about a Raspberry Pi guide that may need to be deprecated. Uh, it was regarding a recent pull request. Uh, Carter, I need to talk to you about that later. Um, going to be adding Summersoft to the Frame guides uh, as a contributor because uh, he's going to update those, mm -hmm. which will be great. Um, that NeoPixel toggle demo page needs photos and potentially videos or, or GIFs. Um, that's actually taking priority, so that's going to be the uh, first thing I do this week after Library Monday is to get photos for that. Um, the motor featherwing code has been tested successfully on Raspberry Pi. Thank you, Brennan. Um, I'll be finishing up the guide update on that. And so the, the motor feathering guide is actually going to have just like all of our um, all of our Python, CircuitPython page updates will have both sets of instructions um, for how to use on the Raspberry Pi um, mm -hmm. since it's all the same code um, and the same wiring. So that's handy for that. Um, I'm going to be potentially pulling the motor feathering helper library out of the Featherwing library mm. um, and turning it into its own helper library because of the fact that it works on multiple boards other than the Featherwing and it's a super handy piece of code. So we may be um, either duplicating that or um, just pulling it out into its own thing. Um, after that, I need to update or need to test the motor shield with that code and then I'll be updating the motor shield and motor pie hat guides. And then I've got a whole mess of other guides um, mm -hmm. that are next up on the list. Awesome. So just doing a couple things. Yeah, just one or two. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kenny. Uh, let's go to Sean. Uh, since this is my first time, I will talk about what I've been asked to do, and that is to port CircuitPython, uh, which includes the UF2 bootloader to a number of different boards, um, mostly non-Adafruit boards. So the one I'm starting with is the Arduino MKR0, um, and there's a few others on my list working on just to port them, and then ultimately create a guide on how to load on the UF2, uh, usually through the Arduino method, um, just downloading that .ino, running that, and then it puts the UF2 bootloader on said board, mm -hmm. and then creating a bunch of pin definition and board definition files and then I'll be doing pull requests to the CircuitPython repository with those different uh, board definitions. And most of these, I believe, are the SAMD21 board, so everything in that M0 line right. um, is what I'm working on up front. And then from that, there will be a Adafruit, uh, Adafruit learning system and um, learn.adafruit guide showing people how to not just put UF2 on, but also put um, CircuitPython on as well. And that just kind of helps the ecosystem. Whereas, hey, if you bought this, you know, an Arduino board with SAMD21, you can put CircuitPython on it, which would be super cool to see as we continue to spread it. Mm -hmm. um, what I've been working on this week is I 
got UF2 up and running. I did a pull request with that. It works for the MKR0. Um, and I'm just porting over CircuitPython to the MKR0, and I'm currently writing a test suite um, so I can test the pins, test uh, SPY, test I2C. Um, and with that, hopefully with a decent, robust enough test suite, um, very few mods, I can just continue to test boards as I put them. So um, that's been this week. Yeah, do you have a plan on where you're going to post the test suite? Um, not quite sure yet. If you have a good idea, I'd love to post it done and get feedback on yep. it and people are welcome to use it. Um, I might roll a board or do something with a... Um, like a breadboard, because my thoughts on the, like, testing spy yeah. is just to buy, like, an EEPROM spy chip and then read and write to it. Do I read and write the same number kind of thing? Right, um, right. So probably just, like, a simple breadboard or even like, a little board real fast just to put some parts down so I can test those things. So mm -hmm. um, if you've got a good idea as a place to put it, um, right now it might exist as an advanced or resources section of the guide. Just be like, hey, if you want to port your own, yeah. Here's the repositories you go to. Here's the test suite. Have fun. Yeah, I'm sure we can find a spot in the CircuitPython repo. Okay, um, that would be cool. We the learn system is also backed by a GitHub repo for all like new example code, so it could go there. But um, I don't know. Either place would be good. But it's having it in a GitHub repo is always the the best idea because it's much yeah. easier to update then. Yeah, um, and then even even I can still link to it even if I put it in the. Uh, learn if I put it right. in a guide I can still just link to it to the github repo that's easy correct yeah and learn will actually slurp it in and put it in line as well if it's short enough oh that'd be cool yeah yeah um well great that sounds awesome uh appreciate your help on this and uh we have lots of folks who have done drivers so if they have ideas about particular devices to to do standardized tests with I'm sure we could integrate that as well yeah that'd be good to know because right now I'm just trying to figure out what what devices are simple enough just to test different peripherals and i'm sure i'll come across some weird ones um because i know that things like the circuit playground express has like a whole bunch of rules on it that right. you can test in place but then there's also unique circuit python code for those yeah it is nice that like across the boards like all of the peripheral code peripheral code is pretty much standardized like you don't really have to worry about whether spy works or not it's more just a matter of having the, making sure that the mapping is correct yeah, that's and that's what you were telling me earlier today. So I'm excited to try that on the uh, the board I have because it's it's a completely different spy port they're using. Right, right, right. I think I think folks coming from the Arduino world is like, is it serial? Like somebody was mentioning serial one in Discord, and it's like, we don't care. Like <laughs> our our philosophy for how to do all of that, uh, like in CircuitPython, is just like you give it the pins you think work, and we'll let you know if it doesn't work. <laughs> um, awesome. Which is neat. So, like, people are always like, oh, it has eight serial ports. It's like, well, I think there's six circoms. So, like, we could do six. Just pick the right pins. and and <laughs> Right. As long as they line up with the match, the, the pin mapping names, you're good. Yeah. And uh, if you don't know it, Katni also wrote uh, a number of little code snippets that will actually, it, it literally just goes through all of the combinations of available pins and will tell you, like, oh, here's the ones you could use. <laughs> Uh, is that in the GitHub repo? Because I could probably use that for these tests for these tests that I'm writing. Um, I, it's yeah. it's posted. I can link it to you later. Okay, yeah, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty neat because we we've been really good about like, oh, you want to try it with these four, and then like, there's a way to actually say like, I'm done with these four, and so you can like use those pins in other combinations as well. 
Right. Oh, neat. So yeah, welcome to uh, Circuit Python, and thanks for joining the meeting. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think the MKR thirteen hundred's already been checked in, so you might want to take a look at that as well. I did. That's actually been super helpful to figure out how stuff is being mapped. Uh, things are a little bit different on the MKR zero, but right. the thirteen hundred was super helpful as a starting point. Awesome. Those those uh, electronic cats folks in Mexico are really helpful. I think they're nice. the ones that added it. All right, and uh, last but not least, we have Summersoft. Who says, uh, last week, uh, did some Adabot work. I added, added an Arduino library script for comparing release tags to library properties. Um, finishing, finished up the ability to run CircuitPython library validators a la carte, basically by themselves. Uh, hopefully fixed bundle updates for running Adabot on Travis uh, with some Git email config stuff. And then uh, for FRAM, finished up Spy version. Uh, so that was all last week. Summersoft, I feel like you've got even more than that. Um, and say thank you to Summersoft because he's got to run to a meeting. Um, and then uh, this week, Summersoft is uh, updating the FRAM learn guides with CircuitPython usage and uh, add, uh, has commits needs released to Adabot Arduino. Uh, check so that that's like hey you didn't release these changes but they've sat here and fixed something for like the last six months um, we have that for circuit python now and so he's gonna add it for arduino as well and that uh is the end of status updates uh we are now in the weeds um so in the weeds section is uh currently empty so if you have topics well of course carter's got a couple so we'll start with carter's uh, but for those of you who are new uh, or just listening in, um, In the Weeds is our discussion section. So just if you have any topics that you want to cover, any questions you have about um, any questions you have about CircuitPython stuff, it can go here and we'll we'll just have discussions. Um, we do it at the end because they can they can actually be quite long discussions, uh, but usually it's also it can be just pretty quick and pretty short. So. Uh, for the first one, for these first two, we'll hand it over to Carter. Sure. Okay. So for the first one, it's something related to those RGBW PRs that were happening recently with Blinka. I saw those and I was wanting to help out and yep. do what I would do normally with a circuit Python repo, which is pull the code down and use that code, uh, instead of the existing library code and just exercise it on mm -hmm. a uh, feather board or something to see how it works. Right. But with Blink, right. it's a little different because you typically install those things through uh, PyPy. Right. So it's kind of a little unclear where all that goes and propagates yeah. out to you, you on you your... You can just put them in your local directory um, and they, they'll get picked first. It's as simple as that. There's no other little things that are happening in the operating system level that you need to deal with. So I would uninstall it if it's already installed. You can always uninstall it first if if you really you know want. But but I just you know put the local copy in my you know, the in my, in my local directory and it seems to work fine. I think there's a way to to have pip three install from a directory also, so you can. You could clone the repo and and it'll install and then install the, the PR. I mean, it, but if you don't want to install it, you just want to test it. You can do that. Brennan, what were you going to say? Um, so I've kind of got 
a process that I run through usually. I generally um, clone the driver repository um, if I like if I'm testing a specific piece of hardware, um, and then I will uh, use a virtual env. Mm-hmm. So to have like a .env folder in that repository, so things are isolated. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's like a little command that activates it, and then it sort of reroutes everything so that you're installing in that local folder and you're using a specific version of Python and mm-hmm. specific version of dependencies. And that way, you know, like I think you get into trouble if you wind up installing things system-wide. And I also think you get into trouble if you wind up not knowing from scratch what you're installing because there might be like dependencies that are not specified that should be, and then you miss that. Mm. Um, yeah. Also, like, it works really well, I've found, to do the, um, like, pip has a, a tech E flag, which installs things, um, like, as a, as uh, symlinks to the local files in the, in the folder you're in. Right. So that, like, you can just edit those things and the changes are reflected instantly in your installed version rather than um, you having to rerun the install over and over again. Right. Uh, care to write that up? Yeah, that's, that's what I was about to ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just thinking. I'll I'll put together some sort of a little uh, a little guide. Or or uh, to have it documented, or put it in the docs for Blinka, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think a, a guide. I think you hit the nail on the head with the virtual environment kind of approach. And unfortunately, I haven't used those enough where I'm super good at using those but get the general idea of what you're doing there that that seems to make the most sense and i think nuances to going that approach a guide could be really good on that mm-hmm. you could also do a sequel to our reviewing live streams uh and show, that's show it live as well uh, yeah i would do both but um if you want yeah i so i lost audio from you guys for a second but i the gist of what i was hearing was do a guide or yes yes please yeah right. yes please. cool yeah i'll add that to the list for this week awesome thanks brennan uh yeah really good to have and that that should enable us to get more people testing testing it as well um i think jerry's right like putting it locally is how i would do it too but i agree with brennan that it's more kind of hermetic to do it in a, a virtual environment um and making sure that you install the right depths and stuff is is good um, okay, and uh, Carter for a second one. Yeah, for the second one, it's just something I've noticed where I've been reviewing these PRs where I, I'm not sure who's been tagged as a reviewer, but let's say it's just been the the uh, CircuitPython librarians group has been tagged as a reviewer. So I'll go in and right. I'll look at it and I'll I'll notionally say, oh, I'm good. And I'll, all I want to do is say that I have looked at it and leave it open for any additional CircuitPython librarians to try. Right. Python librarians, which kind of means everyone else is going to see it and go, "Oh, it's all done." I'll, I'm not even going to bother to look at stuff. So I'm wondering how I could like make it say something like, "I've approved it," but you know, only I have approved it. <laughs> anyone, anyone else who wants to chime in, please, please do so. Why? Well, I, I think people should always feel free to chime in, and I'm definitely one of those people of like, if you've looked at it, I'm satisfied by that. Like that's that's enough for me so um and see i, I don't i kind of want to avoid i want you to still take a look at it 
I mean, I, I, uh, if there are specific questions that you have for me or anybody else, feel free to mention them. I wouldn't approve if you have those questions still. Um, but you should also feel totally capable in, in approving stuff. Like, I totally trust your judgment and your review to be able to pull things in. Um, otherwise, my approach is just kind of a sampling approach where it's just like every now and then I'll just take a deeper look at a PR that goes through my inbox. Um, but on the whole, I won't. Because, you know, like once something merged, is merged, you can always like go back and fix and change things as well. Like it's not it's not the it's not set in stone even after it's merged and approved so um i i'm it, it's much more important for people to get quick responses and, and good responses and getting it merged in than having it sit in this land of like yeah i think it's good but uh maybe not good enough to pull in so um so i guess maybe what i can do is augment my reviews with with comments in the in the discussion part of it yeah if you have specific questions about something uh that you're unsure of uh please mention particular people that you think might be able to answer and and also don't don't approve it at that point like uh, there is also no rush to approve something <laughs> i know i'm giving mixed mixed things but it's it's good to be responsive and and uh, keep it moving forward. So, I guess more specifically, like the scenario being like, let's say I have just a brief amount of time to look at a PR, so I'll scan it quickly. Else, oh, two things will jump out at me, and I want to chime in on those two things. Yeah, and then yeah. and then move on. Um, or I guess that's that would be more of a, a change request kind of a thing, and not an approve. Right. But isn't there? There's a box that's you know comment without approval. I tend to do that a lot, you know, just to put a comment in, but you're not necessarily approving the whole PR. Right. Okay. So I'll just keep playing with that. This, this was something that was just kind of the verbiage that GitHub produced kind of bugged me. Right. Right. I was wondering if there's a way I could, you could click a different button or something. You could try adding yourself as a, an explicit reviewer. Yeah. I was wondering if that would work um, before doing the actual approval, but um little kludgy but i might try it just to see what happens yeah but you should also feel totally fine approving on behalf of the librarians that's which i am but there are cases where i kind of want to yeah. i want to just you know i want to approve that's uh, just you know i i've approved right and i haven't approved for the librarian so anyone who is a librarian will come along and see that and go oh okay there's still possibly some work here to be done yeah, I would I would be explicit about what you think should be looked at in that case. That's something that both like Katni and Somersoft have been doing a lot with the uh, AdaBot stuff they've been working on, which is just like okay, like Katni will do an initial pass and then say like, "Hey, Tanute, can you like check out this one thing?" Uh, kind of as a final suite before we merge it in. Uh, and I'm always happy to do that. So feel free to free, feel free to mention me on stuff or anybody else. All right. Um, and with that, I think we're uh, through the weeds. Uh, nobody has any other in the weeds stuff. Uh, you'll have to wait till next week or just in the text channel in CircuitPython. Uh, let me take a time code and we'll wrap us up. Um, uh, as I has said, um, we are in the text channel in our Adafruit Discord uh, most of the week. If you have questions or comments or uh, 
things you want to talk about CircuitPython related, we're always there for you uh, in the CircuitPython text chat. Uh, this meeting happens Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, oh, uh, while I remember, um, we it's usually Mondays. If we do alter it, like we probably, well, we will um, around the holidays uh, in the end of December here. Uh, what we'll do is we'll pin notifications to the CircuitPython text chat uh, with updates about when these meetings are going to happen. Um, so please uh, join there and take a look at that um, if you want to participate and know kind of what our timing is going through going through the holidays at the end of the month here. Um, but besides that, usually it's Mondays at, in the morning, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, as I said. Um, the meetings are recorded. They go up on our... Uh, oh. Sorry, I'm totally scattered. Uh, I didn't say how to join Discord, uh, which is you can go to the URL adafru.it slash Discord. They'll drop you in there. Uh, that's our text chat. Uh, these meetings are recorded. They go up on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Adafruit. They also go up on Diode Zone under my account, T-A-N-N-E-W-T. Um, and along with that are notes with time codes. So uh, you can always check those out. There's a GitHub repo of all the notes. So you can even do like a search through all of the previous uh, notes as well. If you're looking for particular topics that happened in previous meetings. Um, as always, uh, thank you everybody for your time. Uh, this meeting runs about an hour. So thank you f uh, for that, uh, taking the time out of your day to attend. And uh, we're super excited to see CircuitPython just continue to grow. And uh, happy to have both the people in the voice chat and the people listening to this after the fact uh, participating. We're so excited to see this grow uh, into as, as we kind of approach the start of our third year, which is very, very exciting. So. Um, until next week, thank you, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thank you all. Have a good week. <laughs>